Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Now that I'm here in Houston, I have seen the one thing that is the worst innovation in sports. And I've also seen the opposite side of it. Christian can't hit the open. On your mark. Kansas State doesn't have any timeout. Gets it. Let's get the ball back down. Let's go. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Wow. Presented by Celsius, Duffy's, Good Creek Moving and Storage, U.S. Polo, ASSN, Gunther Motor Company, Ready Sports Drink at Publix, and Rachel's Palm Beach. Remember the day you found out cakes could be made of ice cream? Well, today is going to be better. Now, Houston, you have a problem. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. It is big, it is cavernous, it is massive, it is a football stadium, and it's hosting up to three basketball games. It is Energy Stadium, and now that I've seen it, Ken LeVick alive on a Thursday here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app, and on your smart speaker. And a John Levine accident attorney goes downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers right off of what I'm assuming is hot and uncomfortable and gross and full of boats with the boat show, the Intracoastal. Christian Cat, Audible Assassin, runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock and in her Thursday spot, she is the Dominican Queen. She is Jeanette Javier. Jeanette, I have arrived. I am in Houston. Florida Atlantic has just finished its first practice in Energy Stadium, home of the Houston Texans and the Final Four. And my report here is for anybody sitting in the upper deck for the final four you are paying hundreds of dollars to watch television it is an absolute monstrosity to have this event in a big 75,000 seat football stadium (laughs) well you know i'd still be there yeah no 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 no, for sure and i i don't blame you and it's part of the spectacle but man oh man is the whole thing just unnatural it, it is really, really, really bizarre. But I want to thank the people at Energy Stadium for letting me camp out here for the next two hours. want to thank everybody with the NCAA as well. Uh, how you feeling, Jeanette, now that we're sitting here, we're, what, 60 hours outside of tip-off, <laughs> FAU, San Diego State. San Diego State, by the way, all fifth and sixth-year guys, big concrete men who want to uh, body you off the ball. Florida Atlantic is an undersized team. This is a tough matchup keeping that in mind how are you feeling going into this one well first of all the way you opened up the show talking about where you are what florida atlantic university is doing the scenario this basketball team is from boca raton it is incredible but that goes without saying i am nervous as heck yeah about saturday it has been it feels like this game is taking forever to get here yeah yeah, it, it is. It's, and it's not only a, a week. I know, I know. But I, I've already started not sleeping well. Uh, last night was rough. I was up at like two thirty in the morning, so I'm like, I might as well just get some work done. Uh, this is such a difficult matchup for Florida Atlantic. But- I mean, San Diego State is so, so, so physical. And again, these are all fifth and sixth year guys, and there's depth there. And yeah, they struggle offensively at times. But man, FAU is going to be bodied for in, in, in an entire 40 minutes on Saturday. So Florida Atlantic's going to have to find a way, but this is going to be a grinder, grinder, grinder game on Saturday night. But one thing Coach Dusty May has always said is heart over height. Sure, and sure, and that's what they're going to have to rely on. It, absolutely, but it's not relying on them, but it seems like with this incredible run, that's exactly what this team has believed in them. 
Because what you're saying right now, oh, the hype, that's what they first said about Tennessee. Yeah, no, you're right. Tennessee and that's what, is that's very what they similar. said about Kansas State, too. Yeah, so here's the one upside with all of that. We can talk about the physicality and how bullyish San Diego State can be. Tennessee came in the number one offense in the nation, or number one defense in the nation, I should say, and what did FAU do? They went on a 20-4 to run in the second half, Oof. ended up winning. San Diego State comes in the third best defense in the nation and a little bit smaller than Tennessee, a little more limited offensively than Tennessee, but unlike Tennessee, these are guys who have played together for three, four years. They've had opportunities to go to the Final Four. They finally broke through. But what you're going to have to bank on for FAU is that they can go on one of these signature second-half mm-hmm. runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can stay out of foul trouble, and they're going to have to get up into San Diego State players, into San Diego State offensive players, and really make them uncomfortable. I don't know if you caught any of the uh, Creighton-San Diego State game in the Elite Eight, but Creighton's mm-hmm. playing four or five feet off of San Diego State players, FAU ain't going to do that. They're going to be up on the ball the entire time. So, It's going to be a battle. There's no question about that. But again, it's not something that hasn't been said before. But what I'm curious about, Ken, is mm-hmm. the Final Four experience. It's I, so over the t- top, man. That's what I want. Um, we're watching this incredible coverage by Theo Dorsey from WPTV. He's out there right now getting the film, talking to everybody. You know, I think like nationally, FAU is on the board, and you're seeing the like. There's a parade walking in. There's a DJ. There's these flights. You did charter. I'm like, telling, what is this? So let me let me set the scene. We okay. we we flew into to Hobby Airport here in Houston. Hobby. Uh, Hobby. Yeah. There's two airports. There's George W. Uh, George H. W. Bush and uh, Hobby. Okay. And so it flew into Hobby, and uh, they pull up this plane to a massive. Uh, hangar, okay? Mm-hmm. And so these guys are getting off, and there's this Final Four carpet laid out from the foot of the steps, all like hundreds of Final feet. Final Four carpet? It, yeah, it's it's this this designer carpeting, and Dusty May is handed a piece of abstract Final Four art. Uh, it was just <laughs> insane. It's like, it's like they were sitting around the NCAA planning committee, the Houston planning committee. They're like, what are some of the most bat-bleep insane things that we can do? Ah, yes, here we go. And they just said, how about uh, a carpet? Sure. Hmm. How about uh, how about neon lights all over the place? Yeah, awesome. How about abstract art? Ah, check it off the list. Like it was just really, really bizarre. It sounds like a little nightclub. It it, it definitely but- kind of felt like it. So, <laughs> and the slogan here is "The road ends here." So I get it. It's like, hey, you made it. You're one of the final four teams. But it also made me feel like, wait, is death imminent? What's that's happening? Like, that's right not now? motivational at all. Yeah, the road ends actually, here. Like you get yeah. off the plane and there's a booby trap. You fall <laughs> right. in and bye bye. Like right. what the hell? Not we, only we, that, but like the road ends here at the Final Four. What about a championship game that we're playing say, for? Yeah, we're not here to have it end Saturday. Like, <laughs> I come just on, man. Indiana Jones for some reason when you said the road ends here. And not but even joking, that's like a tagline for Final Destination, uh, the movie. So, like, I was going to say. one of them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, like, it, it, it's the type <laughs> of thing where because it's Final Destination, you'd expect that like a bird gets sucked into the plane engine and a piece of metal from the engine mm-hmm. goes flying through the air and just like slits your throat because that's how you die in Final Destination, right? randomly get hit by the team bus or something yep um so so but there's there it's like this this hilarious though this neon sign super trendy (laughs) the road ends here and so i'm like huh that's a bit macabre but whatever it's a neon (laughs) sign that's fun so (laughs) so we're walking in and all the guys are trying to it's just a violation of the senses right like it's just complete 
sensory overload. You've got a DJ blasting H-Town hip-hop, and that's cool. Okay. I'm into that. For sure. Yeah, but, like, how long is this DJ playing for? If the whole time. I mean, no, it's But, continuous. like, how long is the walk from the plane into the building where you don't see the DJ <sighs> um, anymore? About about a minute and a half. So, But the DJ, but the DJ's <laughs> in the hangar. That stuff is blasting, so you can hear it because the DJ's oh, okay. in the hangar. So you're not avoiding it. It is omnipresent, okay? Okay. So so we, we walk in, and, like, Elijah Martin's in front of me, and he's literally just, like, looking all over the place like a to- like an infant who just got brought into the world, like, has no idea where to look, what he's looking at, like, what he's feeling. Uh, they they have an area set aside, sort of like a red carpet with a backdrop where you can take photos, and so some of the families, the coaches' families did that with the kids, whatever. I, as you can imagine, Jeanette, I had no interest in doing any of that stuff. I was totally which, okay which without the backdrop photos. A missed opportunity, because you could have been so over the top with it. You know, like those sixty, like year old guys who are like trying to relive their best life from their high school championship days fifty years ago. They're like posing. Yeah, Yeah. like those kind of selfies. You know, like flexing. The guys had no interest in doing any of that stuff either. Of course, you're there to play basketball. What's up with this parade? Right, these guys all year have been full focus. Let's just get the job done. They are not in Houston to. Uh, like they they like the perks, but they like the perks behind the scenes. They do not like the the spotlight, the media attention, all that stuff. And that's exactly what this was. So you continue on this carpet. We're talking a couple of hundred feet here, and so you walk in and Megan Stallion's blasting right, in the background. Right, exactly. By the way, she's throwing out the first pitch tonight. Astros White Sox season opener at Minute Maid Park. Um, so they're walking, walking, walking. They get some swag, all that stuff, and then they get to another um, pop up uh, to take photos. And the national championship trophy is there, oh. so the the team definitely saw that and and they were into that. So they all stood next to it, took photos, all did did the whole thing, and uh, then there's the bus. The bus is pretty sick. It is fully wrapped in FAU logos and winning that. in paradise and the whole thing. And so that was pretty sick. The guys were into that. But what's funny is because we traveled with the cheerleaders and the dance team and the band and all that, the guys did did their whole walk of neon uh, end is near death trap uh, in this <laughs> airport hangar. They got on the bus and they're just sort of sitting there and kind of chilling, waiting. Hey, when are we going to the hotel? Meanwhile, the dance team, the cheerleaders, they're all posing. They're all doing their TikTok nonsense and their Instagram stories and all that with all the different places to take pictures because that's their world. And meanwhile, all the guys are just sitting there with their headphones in the bus like, uh, when are we leaving? When are we leaving? Are we going to the hotel at any point? When are we leaving? And the cheerleaders and dance team are eating it up. Like, loved it. Loved it. So it was great for them. Yeah, you know, I feel like I would be in that scenario. Like, if we were to take the Ken Levick Alive crew, I'd well, be like... Well, you would be yes. the one who liked to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would be like, I would have a whole content plan. I'd be like, okay, this is where we're dancing here. I want... Can you to pose like this? Ugh. Theo, I feel like I can get Theo in the group. No, like, Theo, Theo no, no, would no, buy you're right. into it. Theo of, would uh, buy into it. Of the five of us, you and Theo would absolutely. Maybe you get Stone a little no, bit. No, Stone I have to convince. Like, Stone would try to be hardball and be like, no, I don't want to do no, that. But, but like, you come could. On, Stone. No, but, he, but he wants to. Oh, for sure. He yeah. doesn't want to lead the charge. He wants someone to ask right. him. Then so, he's so you'd be able to talk him into it, but it, it would be Christian and I who are like stubborn. Absolutely not. This ain't happening. But I do think a three of the five, you'd be able to do the Net Javier content plan in this uh, <laughs> this airport hangar. So 
Um, what's crazy is, so finally we get out of the airport, we roll out, and they actually shut down um, uh, portions of the expressway in Houston. And this oh, is pretty, it's getting closer and closer to rush hour, but the police escort the whole thing. We get to the hotel. The hotel is really nice. They've got the entire staff there cheering for FAU, the fight song playing. And so it was, it was just, it was, it was a lot. Now, they were finally able to settle in, went through their their first true film breakdown of this trip. Uh, and so that made it feel a little bit more normal. What's awesome is they've converted an entire ballroom at this hotel into a game room. So these guys are playing pool. They're playing ping That's pong. Awesome. They've got arcades in there. They've are got you video games. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't like, I'm not gonna, just going to roll in there and be like, what up, Brandon Weatherspoon? Let's play some Madden. Like, that's not me. I'm the 30-year-old. I could whip eight, you in Tetris, bro. Yeah, yeah. Hey, anybody got some Donkey Kong? Um, so, so I, I'm not going to do that. But, but they, they definitely were like, "Hey, Ken, roll in here." So it's cool. It's sick. I was able to see it, and so they're getting, they're getting taken care of. It was nice to get into the building today and get a feel for the first time what it's like to put up shots against a football stadium background. And I think the best way, I think it gets blown out of proportion how jarring. It is to the actual players. Um, like once you get used to it, it's fine. It's like playing pickup outdoors. Like there's no there's no backdrop outdoors. You go, you play on the playground. It's fine. It's the same thing in the football stadium. And I know it's going to be a little different adjusting when there's people in there. But it's honestly not that big of de- a big of a deal. It reminds me all. of the scene from Hoosiers where he takes the measuring tape out. The coach does, and it's ten feet. It's it's a ten foot rim and a ninety four foot floor. And he uses that picture when the guys go from their small town, where in Illinois, Illinois, however you say it, Illinois. I was Illinois. close. It was close. It starts with an I. And then he ta- they go to the playoffs, and the coach was like, "No, it's the same court." Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's the exact same thing. It's raised off of the main floor a little bit, so that so like when I call the game on Saturday night, um, my broadcast position courtside, you're only going to see my head because the rest of my body is below the floor. Um, what? Yeah. So so they've got the 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 floor. The actual basketball floor is flush with the top of the tables that they have courtside. So it's very similar. If you've ever watched a game at Minnesota or Purdue, it's the exact same thing. They have the raised floor as well. It just so happens that this is in a in a football stadium. I've never seen that before. Yeah, yeah. So, it looks awkward. It it does look awkward, but it's not it's not uncommon. FAU, not this collection of guys, but FAU's played at Minnesota before. Like it's not it's not the biggest deal in the world. You just gotta get used to it. There's plenty of room to navigate outside the baselines and the sidelines where guys aren't gonna be flying off the floor. Which at Minnesota it feels like sometimes you could. So it's it's fine. And the guys, they obviously they put up shots and they were a little off at the start of practice, but then they were going back to drilling threes and doing their whole thing. They had a really productive practice today. They really think they're going to go out there and be able to to weather the physicality of San Diego State. They're an incredibly, incredibly confident bunch. But all of this made me realize how preposterous it is that six to seven years ago, the NCAA, when it had the Final Four at these football stadiums, decided they were going to take away the big curtains that that cut the arena or cut the stadium in half. And they would set up a a 30,000, 40,000 seat venue out of that. At least, while it's awkward, 
it feels a little bit more like basketball, right? Because you have you, – it's at least closed in. Mm-hmm. They made the decision because it's a money grab to open up these football stadiums in full. Stop. And so you just have seat after seat after seat after seat. As far as the eye can see, seat after seat after seat, every single angle on this floor. And it's so unnatural. Like, it's not a big deal for the players, but it is, it is so unnecessary. If you were buying a ticket in the upper deck at Energy Stadium for Saturday and for Monday night, you are basically paying hundreds of dollars to go watch television and watch the massive big screen that hangs over the floor. There's no way you're seeing the intricacies of the game. You're not able to get a feel for the game. You're hundreds of feet in the air. It is such an unnatural place and way to present massive basketball games. I am Now that I've seen it, I'm all out on it. I think it is one of the worst sports innovations and and big event presentation ideas of the modern sports era. It is not natural, and it doesn't feel like big basketball because you're in a football. Madison Square Garden, that was intense. You were there, Jeanette. You heard it. It was mm-hmm. loud. It was crazy. There's going to be 70,000 people in this place, and I'm telling you, it's not going to sound as loud as Madison Square Garden because everything is so cavernous and spread out so i'm looking at ticketmaster.com right now the official ticket site for the final four and you have tickets starting at 50 dollars in section i didn't know this was a thing 642 for 50 dollars to watch the final four well good people are smartening up and they're driving down the secondary market well yeah but yeah of course but still that is i would you couldn't pay me to do that I feel like it would be a waste of time, especially for me. I'm a diehard FAU fan here. I'm, a, I'm an alum, and I used yeah. to work for the, with, for the program. But for, this is such a special moment. If you are making the trip to Houston to watch this game, you might as well just stay home if you're going to pay $50 to sit in section, section 642. Yeah. Well, I'll put That's it this insane. way. That's insane. Only, the only reason you're buying tickets in the upper recesses of this stadium is to be a part of the experience to say you're there right you're not going you're not going to be like oh man i i i love the feel of of big time college basketball no you're going there to say you were there and to get photos and to put it on instagram but what photos are you going to take and what instagram photos (laughs) are you going to take need a telescope yeah Um, like there's no good photos that can come out of that i don't know i think that you want to be there i think it's essentially a standing room ticket like you just want to be there and you'd rather have those seats available and pay the cheap price rather than look at your pockets and be like, well, can't really do the 150 bucks this month. I really wish I could. I just think that it sells the consumer short. And I'm with you, Christian. I'm with you, Christian. Like, I would probably do it just to say I was there and experience the atmosphere and to be a part. What atmosphere? The roof and the wall? No, you're right. The the atmosphere is certainly not going to be the same as it was at Madison Square Garden. Not even the same as it was in Columbus for the first two rounds. Um, I would say I would be there, but... It also feels like a huge money suck, but it is it is sports capitalism at its apex. Hey, um, we could convert this massive stadium into 40,000, 45,000 seats and at least keep a modicum of the integrity of how a basketball game should feel. But nope, no, 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 no. Open it up. Make sure that and, – and think about it, too. 
these football stadium seats, the incline compared to a basketball stadium is not even close to what you would get with the rows in a basketball arena where you can see over the person in front of you. It's basically flat for the first 27, 28, 29 rows that are the temporary seating before you get into the actual stadium seating that's already built in. So it is really, really, really weird. It's an extremely unnatural feeling. And for me, it is one of the the worst, most profound sports changes in quite some time. What is something that has made sports better And what's one thing that's made sports worse? For me, the NCAA deciding they're going full football stadium for the Final Four, that has made sports worse. Something that's made sports better, these dudes get to the Final Four, they get rewarded with swag, with things to entertain themselves. Uh, They feel rewarded for a job well done as they should. Uh, the relationship with the clothing brands, FAU with Adidas, that's a good thing. That's made sports better. That is that is rewarding them outside of, hey, you made it. It's here's something tangible you can enjoy even if you don't win the national championship. But the decision to expand it to the full football stadium, not cut it in half, not alter the seating, it takes away from from the sport and the game you're watching in front of you. What is something that's made sports worse? Maybe it's an innovation, a rule change, something miscellaneous. What's something that's made sports worse? What's one thing that's made sports better in your mind? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. One thing that's made sports better one thing that's made sports worse. Jeanette, where's your head at on this thing? So for better, first thing that came to mind was the new pitch clock during yeah. for for MLB. So you tell me, you tell me. You you have spent all spring training with the Astros at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, and you've been advocating for this from the start, mm-hmm. uh, and you've been raving about it. Why to you, and, and you've consumed more baseball than me already through the course of the Grapefruit League schedule, why is the pitch clock so profoundly better to you? The game is much faster, so you pay attention more to baseball, and there's a lot more action. It's a lot more pressure which is makes me makes just, it a little more intense. Makes it more intense, and me again more engaged into knowing what is happening in baseball. It's it's not no longer, oh, I can just lollygag in these couple of innings as the pitcher takes a sweet time, and then the batter takes three timeouts for no reason. Right, right. No, you are like this guy has fifteen seconds, sometimes twenty, if there's a runner on base. To throw the ball, and this batter just better be ready to hit. There's no more time to just for baseball to just be sure. boring. Sure. And there's action. There's pace all to it. The time, pace, fantastic yeah. word. Uh, so, so the pitch clock. Jeanette's already going to say, already make the proclamation. Uh, this has made sports better. This has made sports better. Now, what about something that has made sports worse? Again, it could be a rule change, an innovation, something in broadcast presentation, something from a big event standpoint. What to you has made sports worse? For some reason, replay came to mind. What? Replay. So, in in what capacity? You're talking individual sport or just in general across the board? In general across the board. So, you you want the human error side of things? Yeah, I kind of do. I want the argument. I, especially in soccer, replay in soccer has gone way too far. The amount the of time, uh, yes, and we saw it with during the World Cup 
Why are we adding an extra nine minutes to these games? Uh, I don't like it. Well, how that came to be is that FIFA really overhauled their extra time system, and they literally... They, they they counted the literal seconds of stoppage time during a half. Some, it used to be just ballpark, which to me was insane, because um, then the the official, the, the, the head referee could just, like, uh, it felt like four minutes, so uh, four minutes. But now they were literally counting the time, which is why you were seeing the excessive extra time, the 9, 10, 11 minutes, because they were asked to literally count the amount of stoppage time once a player hit the turf or a ball got sent out of play. So that's why you saw that. But VAR has, has definitely because it's not allowing for free-flowing action, because if your toe is offside, VAR is going to pick it up. It's that sense of a technology. It's taken some of the great goals of the last three, four years and wiped them off the board, and it is frustrating. So from that standpoint, here's the problem with replay. There, you can't look at it from a liberal sense. You can't say, oh, it was close, which sometimes makes sports great because it allows for the athleticism to show and the creativity to shine and the masterpiece to come to the forefront. But it also means that you've got to be now as robotic as possible and you have to go 1,000% by the letter of the law, which I don't think sports was actually intended to be played because the replay, the VAR, is going to pick it up. We have, we have replay in football, Jeanette, and we still don't know what a catch is. We've gone all these years, and we still don't know what a catch is. So I'm pro-replay, but I think there's got to be replay to an extent. There's got to be replay where there's a certain amount certain amount you can use. Of accountability, sure. But before, like if it's something blatant. But I don't know how to get to that point. Because with replay, there's no middle ground. And what's really frustrating is when umpires or these officials use replay and still get it wrong. Like that's what's really, really infuriating. Well, what's the if, point? And why did we spend exactly. 15 minutes looking over this? So I am pro replay, but I agree with you, Jeanette. It is flawed. It's extremely flawed. I think soccer and football are the two biggest examples of that. I think that it has worked so far for baseball. And, and, and uh, Audible Assassin, you watch more baseball than either Jeanette or I, I think, in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I think baseball replay has actually, for the most part, been beneficial. Absolutely. I think you look at different results of games if replay wasn't there. Like These are meaningful games that will matter at the end of the season when it comes to if you're in the playoffs or if you're out of the playoffs. It started with just home runs where uh, I think it was Alex Rodriguez was the first ever home run that was reviewed and overturned to the replay, and then they expanded it to more and more things. It's a good thing. You think about in all sports, not just baseball, if there is no replay in the sport of football, in the Super Bowl, 28-3, Tom Brady come back, beats the Falcons. That never happens because that big Julian Edelman uh, catch, not catch, where it was a, a fumbling ball going towards the turf and he never got his mind, arms under it. sucks. It wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't have happened with, with uh, see, they called it where, a drop hmm, initially. Christian's smart to bring up the Tom Brady part. Yeah, exactly. No. I'm tugging at the heartstrings. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a great point because there was the tuck rule but, there. Yeah, but still, it's if you're gonna have this program that's supposed to make the game better, I don't think I think it's like in between right now. I'm not really necessarily you, you making the game bring... better, but you're making the team that should win win because they did this and the referee or the official got it wrong, and now we're gonna get it right. And it's also like when is replay used? Why is it used on some plays and not on the others? That's true. I think that. Yeah, I think that it's yeah. very selective. A, and a I still thousand think it's, percent. It's imperfect as to when we're using replay and why compared to other instances where we're not allowed to use replay.
Absolutely. You, if you're going to use it in one area, then you should use it in other areas where maybe there's more consistent questions about whether or not something should be reviewed or something is objectively up in the air and up for discussion. Uh, what is what is something that has made sports better? What is one singular thing that's made sports better? What is something that has made sports worse? For me, the NCAA making the decision to put the Final Four in these full-seeded football stadiums as opposed to cutting these stadiums in half and going that route, expanding seating from around 40,000 to, say, 75,000, it just feels completely unnatural. Again, it's not going to affect the players. FAU has no excuse if they don't shoot well Saturday. Uh, the the floor, the, 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 the dimensions are the same for both teams, but again, as a spectator, there's just no atmosphere in that place. 75,000 people to see uh, a, a game that is playing out in front of them where half the stadium can't even make out what's happening and they're, they're looking at the, the video screen with hundreds of dollars. I mean, come on. The good thing is how the NCAA treats the players and really makes them feel like, hey, you've accomplished something massive when you get to the Final Four. What's one thing in sports that has made it better? One thing in sports that has made it worse? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Jeanette ones are good. Pitch clock, that's going to make sports better. That's already made sports better to Mm -hmm. her. Um, When it comes to uh, making things worse, replay just across the board. 888-760-3776. Let's start on the phones. Not a crystal in Royal Palm here on Ken LeVick Alive. Hey, not a crystal. Hey, um, uh, the replay is good if they would just use it for blatant. If you can't, yeah. in the first mm. three seconds, figure out what it is, that's it. Yep. Anything longer than that, and four people standing around, uh, nicks it, it's no good. Mm-hmm. But it's good to have replay if they're going to use it right. And that stadium thing, Ken, you just mentioned, you know, that's just a money grab. Yeah, it totally money- is. It's incredible. It is insane. And Nana Crystal, we appreciate you. It, that, that, that's all it is. It's how can we maximize the money that we're making. Now, what I will say is the venue's great um, and the city is great. Yeah, big, big event cities are awesome. Mm-hmm. And Houston is certainly one of those. Now, Houston is certainly a sprawling city. You've been here, Jeanette. Uh, you know how it is. There's the downtown area. Then Energy Stadium is on the northeast portion of the city. FAU is actually staying in the southwest portion of the city. So the ride to the stadium for practice this morning was a bit lengthy. Uh, and then you've got Minute Maid Park downtown. Uh, you've got the, the Rockets Arena downtown uh, a couple of blocks away from it. Then you've got the medical district, which is like its own downtown, mm-hmm. which is where Rice is, which is about four or five miles Wait, outside. Wait, did you say medical the- district? Yeah. That's where I should find a husband. <laughs> right? Is that what it sounds like? Uh, you know sounds, what? That's what I did with the girlfriend. Uh, I right? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. What? what? Wait, Christian, is your girlfriend in the in the medical realm? Oh yeah. Oh Really? Yeah. Like a surgeon? Uh, working to be there, but... Oh my God, I had no idea. Good for Uh you, Christian. Exactly, I'm a gold digger. I'm proud of it. Hell yeah, you should be. (laughs) I had no idea that Christian Kent was a gold digger. Absolutely. I had no idea. (laughs) It's an investment. He's making an investment right now. I'm a house husband. Good for you. (laughs) I did laundry yesterday. Somebody needs to... I need one of those. Oh my God. You gotta become a doctor first. 
Or maybe See, that, you, you know. Oh, maybe I'll, I'll just go the easier route. Yeah, yeah Jeanette, you better get to medical school. Uh, yeah, you might want to go the opposite no, approach. No, I'll go to I'll go to the medical district in Houston instead. Would you be Jeanette? Would you be a housewife for a rich doctor? I know you like to be out and about, do things, be independent. Would you confine yourself to housewife if you were able to find rich, deep-pocketed surgeon husband? Uh, do I have a beach house? Uh, it's one of several houses, actually. One of several houses. Where are the other houses located? And uh, do- you've, no, you've got one. You've got a summer home up north uh-huh. uh, in the Catskills. Okay, mm, and then you have a a home in in Florida, but mm. then you have a beach house, say, I don't know, like a Virginia, like or a Charleston, like Midway Point, so you can enjoy seasons. Okay, mm. seasons are weird for me, but yeah, give me three dogs and a beach house and a private jet. I mean, Christian, I think good. we're getting a little excessive here. Yeah, right? like, I think really all she's you need really is- taking this and running with this more than I thought she would. Yeah. No, I mean, if I'm gonna be a trophy wife, which I'd, maybe I'd love to do it. I'm going to do it big, and I'm going to do it right. I think, truthfully, all you really need is, like, three or four friends that are also housewives. So, during the day, you can hang out with them. Like, the movie <laughs> Don't Worry, Darling, with Harry Styles and uh, uh, what, uh, Florence Pugh. You need yeah. that friend group. They can talk crap about one of the girls once in a while. <laughs> but I you go and get now. your nails done. But, like, that's your work week, is just oh. going to see them for your book club, <laughs> for your Manny Petty. That's what I'm you need trying for to that. decide. I'm trying to decide hmm. if we're being sexist here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to no, decide. No, because, you no. know what? Christian could go get Manny exactly. Petty's, yeah. too. Oh, and he's living he better be than I do. Exactly. And he's having somebody else pay for it. The more I talk about this, the more jealous I am of Christian. <laughs> I play disc golf on a random Tuesday. It's what pretty sweet. What the heck am I doing? <laughs> oh, I did not know this is how Christian's living. Uh, I am. He's living I am, better than all of us. I am fascinated by this, actually. Yeah, you, know oh! the, you know the text of like uh, of a, maybe a, a traditional housewife with a picture of a handbag inside <laughs> of a designer store to her uh-huh. husband? Hey, can I get this, please? I'm with that. Instead, it's like a screenshot, a Grubhub, and like a menu. <laughs> like, can I treat myself and get some sushi tonight, please? And oh my most of the time, it's a yes. Do you God. cook dinner for her? No. <laughs> he grubhubs. Yeah, exactly. You better. I go pick it up. Oh, that's good, too. That's good, too. What is one thing in sports that has made it better? <laughs> what is one thing in sports that has made it worse? The examples for me, worse opening up full football stadiums to the Final Four. It just feels weird that I've been in it this morning with FAU. Uh, Jeanette says replay is just bad, bad, bad. But something that has made sports better is the NCAA going all out to reward these guys for getting to this point via their clothing brands and the NCAA, uh, gifting them and making them feel like they've accomplished something, as they have. And Jeanette says the pitch clock in baseball, that's something good. One singular thing that has made sports better one singular thing that has made sports worse. We have a lot on social media, and we'll keep taking your calls. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us. It's open at KLV1063. Let me tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. If joint pains affecting your quality of life at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, their team's experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting Baptist Health. 
Baptistehealth.net slash ortho today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit BaptistHealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting BaptistHealth.net slash ortho. The one thing you think has made sports better. The one thing you think has made sports worse. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. She's the Dominic Queen, Jeanette Javier. She's in West Palm Beach. I'm Ken Levicka here in Houston, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. For whatever reason, this song reminds me of baseball. Is that weird, Christian? It, it's not weird at all, because the entire song's about baseball. <laughs> it's called Center Field by yeah, John Fogarty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I I figured as much that I probably wasn't. <laughs> and it's opening day. What a coincidence! You put me in, Coach. Oh, oh man! Wow, welcome, welcome uh, back, welcome back. I am a dumbass. Um, <laughs> I am at Energy Stadium, site of the Final Four Saturday night. It is Florida Atlantic. It is San Diego State National Semifinal Number One, followed by Miami and UConn. You can listen to March Madness right here. On ESPN 106.3 and a couple of blocks from the FAU Team Hotel tonight in Houston. It is Jeanette's Houston Astros. She serves Woo! as the on-field host during spring training at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, hosting my Chicago White Sox. And I, I am not going to attend. I will not be there because I don't want to be because the White Sox do nothing to inspire me to attend tonight. But you know you know what's more inspiring for you to watch the 2022 World Series champions in their home on opening day. Ken, I can pull a couple strings for you if you want that luxurious experience. You are a superstar Can you give me right a suite? Can you actually give me a luxurious experience? Because then I may take you up on it. But, uh, see, if you're repping me, I don't need you to show up in White Sox <laughs> gear. Uh, okay, I don't have any with me, and I'm not buying any. Don't worry. I'll just show up in FAU gear. That's all I've got. That's better. Okay. But, um, yeah, if you really want to go and you're not going to be your miserable self, maybe I can talk to my people. I, I suppose, d- does it make me a bad fan, a bad White Sox fan, if I am in town for the season opener in Houston and I don't actually go see the White Sox play? Does that make me a bad White Sox fan? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweet at us at KLV1063, 888-760-3776. We're also still taking your calls on what is one thing that has made sports better it could be an innovation a royal cha- a rule change something miscellaneous something presented on tv what's one thing that has made t uh sports worse i also think something that's made sports better is the first down line because oh. it, 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 that's one of the single greatest tv innovations of all time a right? thousand percent we don't even remember a time or the score bug we don't remember a time without a score bug or without the first down line. Like, we wouldn't know what to do without it. We'd say, wait, what's the score? Where's the time? Where's 10 yards? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What do I do? Where's the nearest balcony I can jump off of? Like, we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. It would be a crisis if we didn't have those things. It changed your broadcasting a lot, too. If you're on TV doing a game, you got to do time and score as if you're on radio. Without a score bug, that's just... I, yeah. I laughed when you said first down line because I'm young enough to not actually... 
remember a time when there was no first down line, the same with Scorebug. It changes. You can have a game on mute and enjoy it entirely. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. You could not do that. You could not do that. You're relying on the occasional graphic before, and you're right. I'm, I'm old enough to remember no first down graphic, no score bug. And, in fact, the score bug really didn't come into existence until Fox got the NFL rights in 1993. They're the ones who really, first things first, had the score up on the screen all the time. They used to just in TV production, and someone who's been in TV production can cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but the score would only go up once every four or five plays uh you would have maybe every down a graphic that would pop up that said first and ten or second and five but that's the extent of it that is all you had before you had the score bug it revolutionized everything and then the first down marker came several years after that on the screen but anybody who goes to an nfl game it's funny uh, if they go to it for the first time, they were just used to watching it on TV. And, mm-hmm. and, and pro football is a TV game through and through. I love hearing people say, wait, how do I know it's a first mm-hmm. down? It's awesome. I mean, it's I was, just awesome. I was just going to say that football is one of those sports that when you watch live, you're so spoiled by the programming that we watch on TV that unless you have, unfortunately, those lower bowl seats or the tippy tippy top where you can see the plays go from beginning to right. end and the X's and O's, then you have no idea what's going on. If you're in the 200 levels during a football game, you're kind of like, I can't see correctly what is going right. on. Right. And then you have to like focus and listen to the PA guy, but I, yeah. I personally don't do that. Oh, Unless- yeah. Unless you're on the sideline where you can see and you've got a good vantage point where you can see where the first down markers mm-hmm. are and you have that perception, that, that, that depth perception, uh, you are if you're sitting in an end zone or you're sitting in one of the corners, it's very difficult to determine if a team got a first down or not. 100%. That was my experience. Uh, going to Penn State, I'm sitting in the end zone. You can't tell what happened, no. how far a player goes down the field. Unless he breaks one really out wide, you can just see that he's got all the space ahead of him. You don't know. If that slant across the middle is behind the line of scrimmage or 20 yards down the, uh, down the field, it yeah. is very difficult. My question to you is, when do you think are we going to have the advancement, the innovation to where the first down line is going to be in person as well? Like a hologram across the field. Maybe almost as if, what is it, like a roulette table where you have the felt, the very new age ones, and there's lights under the yeah. felt. That kind of shows you uh, well, what uh, uh, I would color simplify it in a little bit and use like those laser tape measures. Okay. That well, maybe there's a bigger version of that they sure. could put on the field. It, it could be. It could be like uh, you know the Jason Bourne movies where it's just those red lasers that they have in like museums uh, that trip off alarms and yeah. things like that too. Like I'd be okay with that. What I think they probably should do. This is a billion dollar organization, the NFL. We have VAR in soccer. Why don't you have chips in the football, in the nose of the football, the noses of the football? And you have a sideline that's able to gauge and track the chip. And that way you know to the millimeter where the ball should be at all times instead of relying on 75-year-old men with a chain, a 10-yard chain, trying to remember where to put the chain when they walk out onto the field. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Didn't we find out that there is a chip in the football after the uh, the Bengals-Ravens playoff game this year because Huntley was like, half a yard away and they timed it to it to the millimeter and they just don't use it for regulating and actually keeping well, track of it they just they need to yeah. the technology is advanced to a point where you shouldn't be relying on senior citizens to uh, walk in a straight line 
<laughs> like, think how silly that sounds. The NFL, billion-dollar industry, and they still have old dudes holding chains that they are trying to have walk in a completely straight line, which no human can actually do. Uh, and uh, it's determining legacies, the course of games, uh, production, the entire thing. It's, it's insane. You know what I don't like, though, from a TV production standpoint is the fact now that every national baseball broadcast has the pitch tracker where if it went into the strike zone or not. Because then your armchair umpire, Mm -hmm. that is so annoying. We don't need that. There's armchair umpires everywhere in every sport. You can't use that argument only on the pitch box. Sometimes these games, a a different type of strike zone can be established in innings one through three where maybe the high strike is there all game, but in the eighth inning, you just have that one single 30-second clip of a fastball that maybe does not clip the strike zone, but it's been right. called all game. It just looks right. bad, and, and then it makes people angry. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, and, and there's no other sport where that sort of TV technology is used every single play like that, where you can just nitpick the hell out of that. So that drives me crazy. Well, if there's any hope for you, back to my argument of what what's made sports better, the pitch clock for baseball, Mm -hmm. is that now there's not going to be a lot of time to go to the graphic of where the pitch was in the box and to break it down for these armchair umpires. You might not see that graphic as much. What's one thing in sports that has made sports better? One thing in sports that has made it worse? This could be across the board. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Let's head to Palm Beach Gardens. Segway Sean on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Sean? Hey, don't guys. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate yes, it. Yep. So I have one. I have one that I feel was great, and also was kind of letting me down a little. Bit. Okay. <laughs> so it, it it was the moving of the goalposts. I think it was like 1930. I know this goes way way back, but <laughs> I do remember watching video when they moved the goalposts from the goal line in college. <laughs> I think they did in pro as well. Uh, to the back of the end zone. Right now, yeah. Yes. Right. So it, obviously it's a great thing because it prevents injury, <laughs> like severe, severe possible death injury, you know, sure. diving into the goal. <laughs> right. But also when I, but also when I watch the re, the replays, I can't help myself but have a little bit of fun with, you know, the guy gets the defender gets picked by the goalpost and. It's just a hilarious, hilarious. Sean, Sean, I have had the same. You and I are on the same wavelength here because all that crosses my mind, and you see the old grainy, old timey (laughs) footage of these guys catching it near the goal line, and then almost like Wiley E. Coyote, Mm -hmm. where his legs and his arms then straddle whatever he just (laughs) ran into, like that happening. And if you'd like, if you want to get, if you want to get your share of very dangerous pulls in play with football, you should watch the CFL because there it is in all its glory. Glory at the front of the end zone. Yeah. What about the, when, when Fox did the puck, the highlighted That was puck. awesome. That? that was awesome. The, the glowing time. puck ruled. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out. The glowing puck ruled. Sean, appreciate the call. I, and, I mean, I think Jeanette's heard me talk about this before. I am full on with the glowing puck because then you always knew where it was. Yep. It was fun if you hit a, if you, you hit a slap out shot. You've this multiple times. Yeah, it would change colors. Like, how do you not love that? As a kid, I loved that. And then Fox, 
Fox, who, by the way, like they were able to, to do a reality show where they had a fake millionaire dupe a poor woman in a reality show, that was okay. But the, the glowing puck, oh, we've got to do away with that. It's just too offensive to the sensibilities. Fox, like Fox has any care for people's sensibilities. Bring back the glowing puck, damn it. Well, I got a question about the uh, post being in the end zone. Why wouldn't everyone on the goal line always just run a slant and have your corner <laughs> That's, collide with the post? That's just a question what? I have. You know what, Christian? <laughs> that is good football sense. Thank you. That's what they call it in that the kind, industry. That kind of reminds me of, now i got to bring it back to baseball on opening day and bring it back to the Yankees because I'm a diehard oh fan, but... Way back in the day, Monument Did you hear Park. that, by the way, Jeanette? He has to qualify yes. it with, I am such a diehard uh-huh. fan. We get it, Christian. We get it. Back in the day at Yankee Stadium, they used to have Monument Park in the field of play. So you'd have these monuments sure. sitting in deep left center field, and there's like kind of black weird. and white grainy footage of outfielders skipping along the monuments on a ball that was hit to the gap. I like that weird stuff where something's wrong, but it's funny, and it's not good to the game, but it's just funny to watch. <laughs> Like well, the home like, run monster wait, from Marlins Ballpark that was there. That thing was or, awesome. It would have been better if it was in play. That thing, so I think much. they should bring that back. Please. They should bring back Sports the Marlins like, sculpture. Hey, you're a big Astros gal back uh-huh. in the day when the, the Astros had the hill field. in center field. Exactly. Like, it, it was, was dangerous. Awesome. It was weird. No one else had it. It was unique. But it was pretty silly. Personality. Uh, it, That's it is. what they want. But having the, silly, the hill in center field at Minute Maid Park is very much just like watching an episode of Legends of the Hidden Temple. Or we should just turn it into that. <laughs> where you're like wading through Summers water. Yeah, yeah. Or you're exactly you're, you're jumping into a foam pit to try and uh, to find the pieces of the statue uh, and win like a, a Hot Wheels course. I don't know. I'm just trying to harken back to my Nickelodeon days. What's one thing in sports that's good? One thing in sports oh, that's yeah. bad? And that reminds me double dare is the greatest game show ever created mm. and it's not even mm. a debate legends of not, the hidden temple man it, well legends of the hidden temple guy. was pretty guts good guts was good too yeah. yeah guts was good but but legends of the hidden temple had those guys that would jump out at you depending on what <laughs> room you were in and then they would take your um your monkey pendant um and that's how you stayed alive in the final round of legends of the hidden temple how great is that as a sports and you had fan to get like riddles and whatnot and made you yeah. smart too I, yeah, I used to be yeah. So there was mad that talking stone face yeah i love yeah. that guy terrified me but i loved him yeah, so he's much like look in the room of the baboon and like, oh man all right i'll do that yeah i'll do I that am, no problem dude i am in a trance <laughs> I hate watching I, that. The competitive oh, advantage was BS because if you make a certain turn instead of another one, it's a guessing game. Okay, if you don't run into a what is it? The guy, the guy you were just talking about that yeah, scares you jumps out and it's a grabs guessing you. game. If dressed just, in very offensive Native American yeah. garb, by the way, that would not fly today. Um, <laughs> what is something good? Is something in sports that made things better? Something in sports that made things worse? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. That's eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Tweeted us at KLV. 106.3. Man, we still got to get to social media on this. We are jam-packed. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominic Queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm in Houston Energy Stadium. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.